Kathy Davidson, and welcome to our women's meeting. We have a group of women here and out there, you watching, that are endeavoring to walk in the kingdom of God, in the power of God. And I ask you to join with us, join your faith with us, and let God minister to all of us. Amen? I'm going to open with prayer. My heavenly Father, my heavenly Father, I thank you. Open our ears that we can hear. Open our eyes that we can see. Open our hearts like you did for Lydia, that we can attend unto the things which are spoken. Turn us from darkness to light, and from the power of Satan unto you. And I ask, Father, for a spirit of grace on this meeting, a spirit of grace. Father, I ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. We have a testimony this morning, I believe, that is going to bless a lot of us. And this is Tiffany Sifford Monnier. Monnier. Wow. <laughs> I was never very good at French. All right, Tiffany, if you'll come up here, I'm going to let them, I'm going to let you tell them your testimony. And I'm going to, I'm going to stand over here. And then when you're done, I might have some questions to ask here. Or, all right. I'm going to start with a verse in Luke 4, 18. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. So what I'm going to share today is about how God healed my broken heart. So, and I just thank him for the opportunity to do this um, and give him glory for what he's done. But in 2003, um, I was 24 years old and I had a sister who was 29 years old who was diagnosed with cancer. And within a year, she went to be with the Lord. And it was a difficult thing, as I'm sure you can imagine. Um, at the time... I had a lot of grace and a lot of mercy and a lot of peace, thank God. Um, but, you know, we were very close and, you know, there was a lot of hurt from the way it ended because it wasn't what I expected. I expected her to be healed. So um, there was a lot of disappointment there and over the years God would, you know, he would reveal my heart to me and show me the hurt there. And it was just an ongoing thing, and it's been over 15 years, and it's been an ongoing huge process in my life to overcome it. And, you know, he just showed me finally that my heart was broken. And it was actually kind of hard to realize for me or hard to admit for some reason. But when I finally said, okay, Lord, my heart's broken, he really started to deal with it. So um, anyway, an ongoing conversation. Fast forward to September of 2019. I came to the women's meeting here, and um, it happened to be September the 12th, which was the day after the anniversary of her going to be with the Lord. And I uh, didn't have it on my radar necessarily, but I came here, and Kathy started praying for people at the end of the service. And she came and stood by me, and I just remember hearing the word sadness. And as soon as I heard the word sadness, I just, the Lord pierced my heart. And I knew in that moment what he was doing and that he was going to take care of this once and for all, this broken heart and this sadness. And he did. He sent me free right there. It was a, a huge deliverance for me. And I just praised God because I was like, I knew the day was going to come. And it was really cool because Kathy said, and you can share this part if you want, but, you know, she said as she was praying that God showed her an image of my sister. 
So we both knew what God was after, and it was the Spirit of God. But I hadn't talked to her. It's been over 15 years. She didn't know anything. It was the Spirit of God. So I praise him. I give him all the glory, and I praise him for the opportunity to, to share it. I tell you what, it was, it was beautiful. Keep the mic for a second. It was beautiful. Uh, I went over to pray for her. She didn't even look like she needed prayer. But the Spirit started working in your heart, and I heard sadness. But then, like you said, I saw an image in the spirit of her sister. Now, I was here when her sister died, but I had totally forgotten about her sister. Your sister's name was? Tara. Tara. Totally forgotten. And when I saw that image, I knew what God was after. And I tell you what, it was beautiful to watch. God set her free from that grief, from that sadness. It was beautiful. And I tell you what, I know there are a lot of women out there that have lost parents, that have lost children, that have lost husband, have lost sisters, brothers, and they have that still in them. I can see it when I talk to them. I see it on Facebook. They still have that. And you made a marvelous comment. You said, I knew my sister was with Jesus. That wasn't the issue. That was totally the case. I mean, I had so much comfort and so much joy. I knew where she was. I knew I was going to see her again. But, you know, there can still be hurt of why isn't she here? And why can't I live this life with her? And why can't she have kids? And why can't, you know, there can still be those hurts. And, you know, it's amazing how honest you have to get with the Lord about what's there. And he knows what's there. So, Amen. Amen. If you will stand with me, we're going to pray. Amen. We're going to pray because you have faith for this now. It's happened to you. We're going to pray for you. If you have lost somebody and you have that broken heart, we're going to pray right now for the spirit of grace. The spirit of grace. The spirit of grace. The spirit that sent Jesus to die for us. The spirit that sent Jesus to die for that loved one. The spirit of Jesus that died for that loved one. I give thanks. I want to tell some of you, you say, but I don't know where they are. There's a beautiful verses in the Bible that say, you are only judged by what you know. You are only judged by what you know. So God is not going to judge your grandmother of what we know in our hearts by revelation. She won't be judged by that. We have a God of compassion. We have a God that is gracious and merciful. We have a God that knows. So we don't have to hurt because of that. If all I have said this to several that were losing their parents, more than one would text me why they were in the hospital room, why they were dealing in the situation. And they said, I don't know what to do. And I said, you are handing them over to the God that loves them more. God so loved them that he gave Jesus. That's who you're handing them over to. A God of compassion. A God of mercy. A God of love. That's who you're giving them to. And you know what? They were able. They were able to let go. And they were able to get them, their, their loved one, to say, Jesus.
Jesus, come take me. And they watched them go be with Jesus. There is nothing more beautiful. But that hurt, like Tiffany here, may still be there. Father, I thank you. I thank you for your compassion. I thank you for your compassion. We know you have compassion. Jesus saw the widow woman and he had compassion on her. He knew she had a broken heart. Father, I thank you. I thank you for your power right now. I thank you for your spirit right now to minister to those that are still hurting, that are still grieving. Father, I thank you. Jesus came to heal the brokenhearted. Father, heal these broken hearts. Heal these broken hearts now. You have their loved one. Father, heal these broken hearts now. Heal the sadness and the hurt so they can go on. I thank you, Father, now that power is on them, healing them now. Healing them now. Your love healing them now. I thank you. I thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Sure can. I just want to end that with Isaiah 51. Therefore, the redeemed of the Lord shall return and come with singing unto Zion. And everlasting joy will be upon their head. They will obtain gladness and joy and sorrow and mourning will flee away. Amen. Thank you, Tiffany. That was beautiful. I tell you what, the love of God that he has for us. Like I said, I, I forgot totally about Tara. But God didn't. God knew what she needed. And God healed her. Now she can help others. Now, if you will turn with me to uh, Luke 11, 1. We have been talking about prayer. And I, I love it. I've got all excited. I said, I'm getting a group of women. And I, I, I told them what I said last week. I said, we are getting a group of women to become a lean, mean praying machine. There are some of you, like me, I don't know, that have grown up in military families. Uh, I came from West Pennsylvania is where I was born. And there was a senator once that talked about the people in West Pennsylvania, his own people. He said, all they care about is God, guns, and, and the Bible. And I went, and? And? You know what? This is an opportunity for a woman, a little woman, to do damage to the devil. To do damage it is so fun being 110 pounds and beating the devil to a pulp. It is so fun. It is so fun to watch God heal. It is so much fun to watch bring the money that people need. It is so much fun to let God use me, you, as a vessel. To use you. To use you. And that's what God told me specifically. I want you to teach on prayer. Last week was great. We were talking about shameless persistence. We don't quit. We don't quit. We keep asking till we get it. I know, we've heard people say, you ask once, you never ask again. That's not what Jesus said. 
I gave you three examples last week. Go watch the program. Three examples where Jesus said, don't quit. Don't stop asking. Don't stop asking until you get it. And you know what you realize when you got it? It took faith to get it. And asking and asking and asking, and I will not leave you alone until you give me this, is faith. Now, we are going to go on to the next level. Like I told you, I'm amazed at the meticulous teaching that God is giving us, teaching us how to be prayer warriors. Doyle said to me several weeks back, he said, I need a group of women that can pray. Well, God right here is teaching us how to pray. So if you will turn with me to Luke 11, 1. And it came to pass, as Jesus was praying in a certain place, Jesus was praying. You will find in that word, as you read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, how many times it says Jesus was praying. He couldn't do the miracles that he did without praying first. He would wake up uh, a long time before day and go pray. Why? Because he knew what he had to do in front of him, and it took prayer. And it came to pass while he was in a, praying in a certain place, when he quit, when he ceased, one of his disciples said unto him, Lord, teach us to pray. Teach us to pray. As John also taught his disciples, Jesus jumped on the chance. And he said unto them, when you pray, when you pray, and we're not going to look at all the elements of this prayer. There's only two I want to look at. One, the first one briefly. When you pray, say, our Father which art in heaven. Jesus tells you right there how to start your prayers. Jesus tells you right there who you pray to. You pray to your Father which is in heaven. Now, there are uh, four or five times in Acts and the epistles where it says calling on the name of Jesus. Uh, Stephen, when he went up, when he was being stoned, looked up, called on the name of Jesus. And he said, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. Called on the name of Jesus. But here, Jesus said, when you pray, say, our Father, which art in heaven. Did you know he's your Father? Jesus didn't say, pray, oh God. No, he wanted you to remember he is your father. He is your father. He is not just the God of the universe. He is your heavenly father. You know what that means? That means he knows who you are. He's your father. It also, he knows where you're at. He knows your situation. And he loves you like a father loves a child. He went through an awful lot to get you. An awful lot. He went through Jesus and the crucifixion and the raising of the dead. Now, our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done as in heaven, so on earth. Give us this day our daily bread. And hopefully, if God wants, we'll go back through those elements. But this is what I want to get to. Verse 4. And forgive us our sins. Notice that word and again. And forgive us our sins. For we also forgive everyone that is indebted to us. And lead us not in temptation, but deliver us from evil. And, and. Forgive us our sins. We are going to see here that your prayers must have, you must have forgiveness 
if your prayers are going to be effective. You must forgive if your prayers are going to be effective. And I'll show you that. I want you to go to Matthew, same prayer, Matthew 6. Jesus put a lot. This is a serious matter. Jesus tells us, when you pray, you pray, forgive me, and I'm going to forgive everybody else. Matthew 6, beginning of verse 9. After this manner, therefore, pray you, Jesus again, saying, Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Verse 12, and forgive us our debts. Forgive me for anything I have done since the last time I prayed, which was five minutes ago. Forgive, 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 forgive. Let me see. Verse, it says, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not to temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Now look at verse 14. This is serious. Verse 14. For if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you forgive not men their trespasses, neither, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. Do you see that forgiveness of sins is not going to happen unless you forgive? We have read it twice now. Your sins will not be forgiven unless you forgive. Now, why does he mention this in prayer? Well, let's go to Mark 11. This is important. It is serious about learning to pray. This has to be part of it. Now, verse 22 of Mark 11. Jesus answered, said unto them. Well, let's begin in verse 20. And in the morning, as the disciples passed by, they saw the fig tree dried up from the roots that Jesus had cursed. And Peter called to remembrance and said, Master, behold, the fig tree which thou curses is withered away. And Jesus answered, said unto them, Have faith in God. Others say, have the faith of God. For, verily I say unto you, that whosoever, that includes us ladies too, whosoever shall say unto this mountain, be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass, he shall have whatever he saith. Therefore I say unto you, that whatsoever things you desire, when you pray, when you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. And, and, he stuck something else in there. And, before you go out and move all the mountains, he said, and when you stand praying, in the middle of the prayer, while you're praying, forgive. Forgive. If you have ought against any, any, if you have ought against 
any, that your Father also, which is in heaven, may forgive you your trespasses. But if you do not forgive, if you do not forgive, neither will your Father, which is in heaven, forgive you your trespasses. You are not going to walk in forgiveness. You are not going to get forgiven unless you forgive. Unless you forgive. Why is this so important with prayer? Turn with me to Isaiah 59. Isaiah 59, verse 1. Behold, the Lord's hand is not shortened that it cannot save. Do you see that? Do you see that good thing to remember when you go to prayer? The Lord's hand is not shortened that it cannot save. Neither his ear heavy that it cannot hear. But, whoa. Right here he tells you that God can do anything. There is nothing impossible with God. We say that. We bark it. But we don't always believe it. There is nothing. Nothing impossible with God. But your iniquities have separated between you and your God. And your sins have hid his face from you. And look at those next five words that he will not hear. Some of you's prayers may not be heard because you won't forgive. If you won't forgive, your heavenly father won't forgive you. And if, you're, and if you won't forgive and you're not forgiven, you've got those iniquities and he will not hear you. That's serious. That is serious. He will not hear you. You know, you, you say, well, you don't know what he's done to me. When you start, when, the, when God starts opening your heart and shows you how wicked you are and how capable you are of anything, it's a lot easier to forgive. But I want to remind you this. I want you to set in your heart, look at that crucifixion. I want you to see Jesus taking the scourge. I want you to see the love he had. He said, I gave my back to the smiters. Why? For his love for us. I want you to see him nailed to the tree, knowing he was being crucified. He did that out of love for us. One of my favorite chorus lines is about his pity, his grace unknown, and his love beyond degree. And let it, he let them nail him to the cross. He let them crucify him. And he on that cross as a man and the Holy Ghost working with him, that eternal spirit, putting all iniquity. You got that? All iniquity on that body. And a man took it in his own soul. He took our sin. Now, while you're looking at that body, that every bone is coming out of joint because of sin, I want you to see that whatever that person did to you is on there too. 
he was paying for them too. Whatever they have done to you, Jesus bore it. Jesus bore it. Put it on the cross. Get it on the cross. Get it where it belongs. Get it on the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. Not only did Jesus take whatever they have done to you, whatever they have done to you, not only did he take it on his body, he paid for it for them in hell. And God was satisfied with what Jesus did for them. For them, not just you, for them. And he raised Jesus from the dead. The father said to Jesus, it's enough. It's enough. Get it on the cross. It'll hinder where the father won't hear your prayers. It is not worth it. It is not worth it to not forgive. I forgive even if I'm not sure I need to or not. I do it anyway. I don't want my prayers hindered. I don't want my sins not forgiven. Get it on the cross. I will read to you um, out of Matthew. I think it's, uh, let's see. Yeah, Matthew 18. And I'm going to, Jesus gives the par uh, parable of forgiveness. And, you know, he says, uh, let's see, I'll, I'll begin it. I'll read it. 23, therefore the kingdom of heaven is likened to a certain king, which would take account of his servants. And when he began to reckon, one was brought unto him that owed him 10,000 talents. A talent back then was about a day's wage. But for as much as he had not to pay, his Lord commanded him to be sold, and his wife and his children, and all that he had in payment to be made. And the servant therefore fell down and worshipped him, saying, Lord, have patience with me, and I will pay thee all. Then the Lord of that servant was moved with compassion, and loosed him, and forgave him all the debt. Forgave him all the debt. Right there, forgave him everything. Don't know him a dime. But the same servant went out and found one of his fellow servants, which owed him a hundred pence. And he laid hands on him and took him by the throat, saying, Pay me what thou owest. You owe me because of what you did to me. You are indebted to me because of what you did to me. You better get that off of you. And his fellow servant fell down at his feet and beside him, saying, Have patience with me, and I will pay thee all. And he would not. But went and cast him into prison till he could pay the debt. So when his fellow servants saw what was done, they were very sorry and came and told their Lord all that was done. And then his Lord, after he had called him, said unto him, O thou wicked servant, I forgave thee all the debt because thou desirest me. Shouldest not thou also have had compassion on thy fellow servant, even as I had pity on thee? And his Lord was wroth. And he delivered him, look at this, to the tormentors. Delivered him to the tormentors. Till he should pay all that was due unto him. The tormentors. 
So likewise shall my heavenly Father do also unto you, if you from your hearts, not just your mouth, if you from your hearts forgive not every one his brother their trespasses. Do you have torment? You better check. God will turn you over to the tormentors. There are some diseases. There are some physical ailments you need to check that you have forgiven. Those issues that are tormenting to you, you need to check and you need to make sure you have forgiven. Now, I want to show you one last thing. John 13, our example. I'm going to begin John 13 and verse 2. This is our Messiah. This is our Jesus. This is the one that is in you if you are born again. He is in you. He said, On supper being ended, the devil having now put into the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son to betray him, Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands, and that he was come from God and went to God. He's getting ready to go to the cross. He is just hours away. And he rises from supper, laid aside his garments, took a towel, and girded himself. And after he poured water into a basin, he began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel wherein he was girded. Then cometh he to Simon Peter, and Peter said, Lord, dost thou wash my feet? And Jesus answered and said, What I do thou knowest not now, but thou shalt know hereafter. Peter said, Thou shalt never wash my feet. And Jesus answered him, If I wash thee not, thou hast no part with me. Simon Peter said unto him, Lord, not my feet only, but also my hands and my head. And Jesus said unto him, He that is washed needeth not save to wash his feet, but is clean every whit. And you are clean, but not all. Jesus washed the disciples' feet. Do you realize he washed Judas Iscariot's? Jesus washed Judas Iscariot's feet. Knowing, knowing what he had done. That's the man in you. That's Jesus in you. If Jesus can do that to Judas, wash his feet. We can walk in forgiveness. You've got the man in you. And I'll tell you what. If you are having a hard time forgiving, God will help you. He will help you. If you ask him, he will help you forgive. He doesn't want you to pay for your sins. He doesn't want them to pay for their sins. He will help you forgive. And you will find that when you forgive and it's out, there is so much more liberty. There is so much more liberty. There is so much more peace. Why? No more torment. No more torment. Get it on the cross. Amen? Father, I thank you. I thank you. Father, I thank you. Does anyone here need prayer? I know someone that has requested. Father, I thank you. 
Father, I thank you. Father, I thank you. I give thanks. Father, I thank you. I thank you that Jesus died for us. I thank you that Jesus was buried for us. I thank you, Father, that you raised him from the dead for us. I thank you Jesus bore all our iniquity on his own body. Father, I thank you he took it for us. I thank you he paid for it for us. I thank you, Father, Jesus paid for it for us. I thank you he paid for it in hell. I thank you, Father, Jesus paid for it for us. We didn't ask for it. We didn't deserve it. We didn't even want it, but he did it anyway. He did it anyway. Father, I thank you. Jesus was our sacrifice. I thank you. He paid for us anyway. I thank you, Father. I thank you. I thank you. And not only that, but his sacrifice, his going to hell to pay for what we had done for us, you accepted. You accepted. It satisfied you. I thank you, Father. You were satisfied with what we have done with the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. You are satisfied. Father, I thank you. And I thank you, Jesus said. I give you power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all, all the power of the enemy. Father, I pray for this sister now. I pray for this sister now who has a devil, who has a dependence, who has a spirit that has got her in bondage. Father, I pray for her now. Father, I pray for her now. And I cast that devil out. I cast that devil out. I cast that devil out of her. I cast that devil out in Jesus' name. I cast that devil out. I cast you out. I cast you out in Jesus' name. I cast you out in Jesus' name. I cast you out. I cast you out. I cast you out. I cast you out. I cast you out in Jesus' name. I cast you out. I cast you out in Jesus' name. I cast you out. I cast you out. I cast this out. I cast this witchcraft out. I cast this out. I cast this desire. I cast you out, you spirit. I cast you out. I cast you out. I cast you out. I cast you out in Jesus' name. Now that it's cast out, don't you let it back in. You get the word in your heart. And when it starts to talk to you, you talk right back. You got it? You put it off. Don't you let that thing back in. Get the word in your heart. Joel has instructed us anytime we are delivered to go home and read. Phil, Jesus said if the, that the, the devil was cast out and the vessel was swept and garnished and empty, 
And the devil gets where he wants to back in, and he goes and finds seven more spirits, more wicked than himself, and the last state of that man is worse. You cannot let your vessel be empty. You cannot let that vessel be empty. Some of you are just getting delivered now because your vessel's finally at a place you can keep it. If we'd have been delivered years ago, we'd have never held it, and it'd have gotten worse. That's what Jesus said. When it comes back and talks, you talk right back to it. And you talk mean. Amen? Anything else? See you next week. Thank you for joining Kathy Davidson and the Ministers of Music from Water of Life Church. She would love to hear from you. You may reach her by email at kd at kdwol.com. Or you may write her at Kathy Davidson, Care of Water of Life Church, Post Office Box 861-327, Plano, Texas 75086. You may find her on the internet at www.kdwol.com and on Facebook and Twitter. Until next time, God bless.